place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now This episode of the Sunspots Comics podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Check out their huge, mungus, ginormical selection of nerdy, fun t-shirts at popuptea.com. They have a shirt for every nerdy thing you could possibly think of. I'm serious. Use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order on popuptea.com. Even the clearance stuff, which is already so low in price. But go and check them out and thank you to our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Go check them out at popuptea.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome. We are here. Uh, this is Sunspots Comics. I am Chris. Uh, joined along with, uh, man, I've missed you. He's back. Michael Norris. How you doing, Michael? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Let's uh, let's recap everything um, since the last time. We're, no, <laughs> it's like two hours <laughs> and go back. A retrospective, exactly. if you will. <laughs> catch, catch up on the last, you know, whatever, year or so. Yes. Time is weird. And yeah. does it really exist? Do we exist? I Should I start with dinner tonight and just work back <laughs> chronologically? There you go. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm just so happy to have you back, Mike. And this is this is always an absolute joy and pleasure to uh, pull out a classic comic of a volume one and just break it down and do our little comic commentary. I mean, just tell me how much you love this. Oh man, we've been trying to do this what for months now. Oh, I mean, three, four months at least. Which so, is so yeah, busy. Our our plates, our multiple plates are spinning. Our multiple plates are full. They're overflowing. I mean, what do we, how do we, what do we do? We need more time. Can we get like a, somehow like a 36 hour day? Maybe my, well, my flex capacitor is not working. DeLorean <laughs> broke down. I'm out of luck. I mean, yeah. What the hell's a gigawatt? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. And oh, before we get started, Mike, um, because uh, I, I hate to forget, um, just tell the people where can they uh, find you and uh, what else are you working on? Like plug yourself, plug yourself right. a bunch of times. Well, I'm going to be starting a podcast up soon, too. It's going to be called Let's Talk Collecting. And I started Instagram, so you can catch me at Let's Talk Collecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, as that gets going, obviously, we're going to be doing keep doing this. And I got a couple other ideas that I know somebody I can pull over from Sunspots Comics that uh, might be able to help me out on my side a little bit. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at primarily. That's exciting, man. Let's Talk Collecting. Fantastic. I hope to be a guest on your podcast one day and, and talk about uh, hoarding lots of things and keeping lots of stuff and having no space to put it anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, what I what I want to do with this, I really want to explore the, the idea of collecting things. And I don't want to just, obviously, I know what I like to collect and there's interest in that. But I want to contact and reach out to people who collect things that I have no idea about or things that mm. I'm not passionate about. But I'd love to see how they got it and what their journey was to get into that. So will, well, will your uh, brand, let's talk collecting, sort of go deep into the psyche of uh, people sometimes as to, will that be part of uh, what you inquire upon is like, why? But uh, yeah, uh, I yes. thought about looking at, you know, psychological aspects of this, hmm. uh, what started them, you know, do they still have their first piece? Did, are they on collection one? Are they in collection five? You know, which revision are they on? You know, all those kind of pieces I, I find fascinating because I know what my journey is on it. And I love to see what other people's is. So, you know, it's 
it's going to be fun. I, it's, I haven't nailed a lot of it down yet, but it's something I've been thinking about for a while and I think it has a good opportunity. Fantastic. It's right up your alley. It's areas that interest you. You're definitely a, you have an inquisitive mind. So uh, I will subscribe to let's talk collecting when you get a role man and uh, have me on, I will uh, increase your uh, listenership and your viewers and your followers. Cause that's just what happens. Absolutely. I mean, you'll at <laughs> least be in the top 10 of the first ones that come on. Oh, top 10. Jeez. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got, I got nine other people that are more important. That <laughs> oh are gonna be gosh. Up. Okay. Then pencil me in. I understand. Pencil you in. No, I write me in joking. a loose, loose number two pencil eraser next to it. I get, I get it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just highlighter, just highlight, <laughs> highlighter, so photocopy. It doesn't come through. <laughs> Oh man, well, that's fantastic, man. Well, uh, I can't wait to hear it. And uh, best of wishes to you. Best of luck with uh, Let's Talk Collecting. Can't wait to hear all of it. And uh, let's talk more about that in the future. Definitely. Absolutely, man. But let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. What are the meats? So check it out. The meats today is about Invincible Volume 1. Yes, we're going back in time. Speaking of flex capacitors, we're going all the way back to January 2003. Remember those days, Mike? Oh, young and naive and a lot more hair. <laughs> man it was virus free and uh and oh man there was no iPhone left there was free. no right there yeah 2003 and this this came out i remember seeing it in a comic book shop invincible issue number one uh, by robert kirkman and Corey walker in 2003 i was visiting uh comics uh shops on the regular every wednesday still buying physical comics which you've just talked me out of year after year until <laughs> i have Get more space numbers. yeah Let's talk collecting. It lines right up. Um, and I passed on the first issue at first. It didn't quite appeal to me. The cover didn't do anything for me. Robert Kirkman wasn't a name uh, that holds uh, such high regard as it sort of does now. Mr. CEO of, of Image, etc. I passed. And then I remember the next week having a non-buyer remorse. And then I picked it up. And then I was like, okay. I go, I see what, what he's doing. Remember he did, um, did you ever grab uh, Battle Pope that Kirk, Kirkman did? No? Nope. Really weird, nope. sort of high concept. Uh, uh, so I think he did 13 issues of that. Yes, that was 2000 to 2002. He did 13 issues of Battle Pope. And uh, that, it, it established his sort of, um, his, Kirkman style of his, he's the king of all uh, cliffhangers. It established that in Battle Pope. He's he, an M. Uh, Night Shyamalan of comics, as I put it. Oh, okay. That's That can be interpreted a few different ways. Yes, it can. Uh, he also, no character is safe. Mm -hmm. That's a Kirkman thing. Oh, you love mm -hmm. that character? Dead. That's that's Kirkman's sort of concept that he has quite often. And, uh, and he also is loose with the rating of comics. He sort of, he makes you think, oh, this is a, this is a family-friendly PG comic and you know things are fine and then bam yeah. right there's a bam typically well and i gotta be honest up front i am not a kirkman fan but Good. i know how much you like him mm -hmm. and it was like hey when you suggested this be the first one we get back into it's like i wanted to go in with an open mind nice thank you that's all i asked because i, I definitely like uh competing viewpoints i definitely like to see what you're going to say about this but uh, as I sort of go back in time, again, thinking about 2003, in October of 2003, so seven months later, uh, whatever, January to October, mm -hmm. nine months later, uh, he released Walking Dead issue number one, mm -hmm. game changer in the field. 
also I initially passed on. <laughs> and I remember reading Invincible <laughs> at this point for uh, for seven months. And I was like, zombie, black and white? Eh. You know, I think I'll pass. I mean, at this point, I'm only seven months into really my full introduction to Kirkman. And I kind of passed. And I picked up issue number 10 and then had to go back and buy an issue number one, a couple mm-hmm. of number ones that aren't uh, right now. I think there's about eight grand for a Walking Dead number one. Is it? That's the going current price. Thankfully, I remember paying about 25 bucks and I only had waited a little while. So anyway, it went bananas as uh, it did shows, etc. animated feature mm-hmm. for Invincible. And also, you know what else was a game changer when I looked it up? And tell me if you remember this. It was November of 2003. So this is January. And then Walking Dead came out in October. There was a trade paperback. Now, those weren't as big a deal no. in 2003. No, they weren't. Do you remember seeing a, a collected issue and going, what the heck is that? No, Well, see, in the late 90s, I worked in a comic shop. So I saw a lot of graphic novels. Right. Um, but it wasn't, the, it wasn't the norm. You didn't format your books for that. Right. Graphic novels were like a complete story, typically. And these were just reselling. Yeah. And us floppy guys, floppy issue weekly guys were going, what the hell is that? Why why do I want to have them in one collection? It was around that time where I was looking at it going, that's just weird. Which is now moving to that's the primary format. I think eventually floppies will be gone and it'll just be sort of trade collections, six issue miniseries, etc. It's how I mostly read all mine now. I mean, very rarely I get frustrated. And it's, you know, it's kind of that binge mentality. Think about it when you watch a TV show. We've talked about that lots of times, you know, and even looking at traditional TV shows and stuff where they were 22 episodes, they were an hour long. That's 22 hours. Now I know whenever we have conversations, first thing you ask me is like, how many episodes and how long is each episode? Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy that dance we're doing with time now? It's a whole different thing due to how much more content and yeah. how much more we're watching. Yeah, so I, it, it does make sense in a way. And I know uh, comic book shops have gone from like 2,200 shops about three years ago to uh, I think they're around 1,800 shops according to Comicron. So they've wow. lost like four or 500 shops. So, And uh, it seems the trade collection is coming up more often. And this was sort of the birth of that. And I think with the comic shops, them going away, I think it's a more of new issues because on the secondary market, I I find it still pretty healthy as far as uh, vintage comics, been able to buy like off of eBay and a couple of these other ones. Mm -hmm. They're, they're out there still and people are selling them. There could be individual collectors or they could be an, uh, an e-store that's just selling them directly. Yeah. Even Marvel's or DC, one of the two, has uh, come out with that facsimile edition. Have you heard about that? It's just crappy copies of old legendary comics for cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, you're going to see it in all sorts of inclinations. Yeah. But I just remember Invincible Volume 1 coming out and going, what? You know, that's, what is this thing? That's not going to work. See, and I, I remember <laughs> the hype between Invincible and Walking Dead. And I didn't, neither one really appealed to me. I was reading just mostly DC and Marvel at the time. And I remember when Kirkman jumped over and they started, uh, was it Marvel team up when they restarted that again, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man based one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he had pulled in uh, Scott Knowles, which is uh, a flash artist. I think he had, he came over that to do that book with Kirkman. And that's mm-hmm. why I remember reading his stuff for kind of the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Did you like it? What did you think of it? 
It was just okay. Just okay. Yeah, he just didn't okay. grab you at first. Nope. I'm hoping Invincible does that for you because in my opinion, it's the best of Kirkman's work. We will see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh volume one, by the way, of Invincible, we're about to dive into. Um, please feel free to to just go page by page with us. We're going to literally do a comic book commentary and go page by page of volume one of Invincible that came out January of 2003. And oh, before I jump in, dude, do you remember at the time? Um, Sony and other various sort of media companies turned Invincible into a like motion comic that they were pushing really hard. Do you remember seeing it on your PSP or your PlayStation or things where it was a it was a live action version of Invincible where they sliced and diced pages of the comic, yeah, hired, I, hired um, voice actors and were trying to make a little sort of video on comic book on DVD thing. Do you remember that? I do. Because there was a short period of time, like a year or two, where they were doing that with a bunch of different things. Well, it is, for some reason, not on YouTube. I know I'm going to have to get fancier with my keywords because now that there's an Invincible animated series, it just sort of like they want to bury it and I can't find it. Um, But I remember it. it, I remember being pushed on lots of things where it was a motion comic. And it brings me back, as I'm going to show a visual for people that are watching us on YouTube. It brings me back to v- comics on DVD, motion <laughs> comics on DVD, like this from uh, the uh, digital comic books company, where they would basically copy pages of the comic book and slice and dice it and making it seem like there's motion and action and hiring voice actors to voice all of the characters and read the, the basically all the, the thought bubbles and speech bubbles to us. And so, Invincible tried to sort of do that, yep. and it didn't work. So they did it with, I I can't remember if I bought the Invincible one. I did by Superman Red Sun. Mm. Uh, I think Superman Red Sun and Astonishing X-Men. Okay. And they weren't bad. You know, it actually reminded me of the old... Uh, Marvel shows cartoons from the 60s where they did the same exact thing, early Kirby stuff. Yeah, slice and dice comics. And you know what I found? That there's graphic designers that are doing this like now. Like there's a there's a guy on, I wish I could give him a shout out on YouTube. He's taken, he took like volume one of this and sliced and diced it and made it a motion comic. And did most of the voices himself. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, and added in music and sound effect and really made it um, very professional, very polished. Huh. And I want more of that. I, I want to, I think it's a cool way to experience comics. You know, TV and movies, they make their own interpretation of the source material, right, of comics. Yep. It's literally slicing and cutting the comic itself, like in certain scenes where, you know, uh, Mark is punching someone, the blood is cut out and sort of floats around <laughs> the scene. Like, it's it's fun, and I think I'm going to spend some time looking up motion comics. Look it up. It, it, well, it is fun. I have, and I was just looking through my library real quick. I I found Iron Man Extremis, Jonah Hex. And like I said, I know I had Astonishing X-Men. I think I had a... a I had... Here's something I found on the web. There we go. Anyway, you're finding more of these motion-style comics? No, I'm finding the ones that came out at that time that I had purchased. Oh, okay. Yeah. Astonishing X-Men. That's on there. That but were yeah. motion comics specifically? That were in motion format? comics. Excellent. Yep. 
I think I want more of that. And I'm going to go deep diving onto YouTube, finding yeah. motion comics with voice actors and so on. There's some people that there's a guy that the guy that did Invincible One or Volume One. The actors sound like the animated voice actors, which is weird. Interesting. Because Kirkman hired all the Walking Dead actors to do right. all the voices of Invincible animated series. Right. He already and, owns their souls. So why wouldn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, all right. Well, let's dive in. Uh, first off, uh, again, follow us along page by page. We're, we're starting volume one of Invincible. This is titled Family Matters. It's the first four issues, floppy single issues of the comic. And uh, I noticed that Kurt Busick, this is also by written, uh, lettered by Kirkman, Robert Kirkman, penciled and inked by Corey Walker, who will uh, eventually not be the artist of, of uh, Invincible for uh, reasons. It's kind of, uh, there's loose information out there as to why uh, Corey Walker left loose. Some, some say definitive. Anyway, there's a falling out. It didn't work out. Corey Walker eventually leaves. Quickly, do you like Corey Walker's art? Or Ryan Otley's art better? Which appeals to you more? They're both great artists, but which one do you like more? I couldn't tell you what Ryan Otley's art is. I, I, I like Holy Walker's macro. artness. <laughs> I, I'm sure if I saw it, I'm just not familiar. He's not an artist that I follow on. Okay. So, I, and I'm, I'm sure I've seen it. But yes, I... Uh, well, you'll I, know I, later. Uh, Invincible goes to 144 issues. And I think Corey Walker does six. Okay. I mean, Otley does, you know what I mean? 138 issues. So and that's what he's known for. I was going to ask you too. So if somebody's trying to follow at home, we're reading this on Comixology Unlimited. Mm-hmm. It's up there right now. And as Chris said, it was Invincible Volume 1. And it's got the first four issues in it. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, it was uh, Kurt Busick. Yes. Who is a, a staple in the business, established. He does the forward to this, and I don't always read forwards. I just kind of skip through. But the very end is some some cool little nuggets here. So this is Kurt Busick in May of 2003 writing about Invincible. He says, so listen to me. Listen carefully. Like I should have listened when I was where you are now. But no, I was cocky, confident, foolish, doomed. It's too late for me. But you, you can still get away. Can warn others. Put the book down. Back away. For God's sake, turn that page. And if you do, then remember this. And those still... Small hours. I warned you, Kurt Busick, May two thousand three. <laughs> I thought that's great. Well, and I didn't read the rest of the forward, but right there, uh, that is a great kind of way to sum up Invincible. Well, and I'll tell you that that's fun. I love the little about Kurt Busick right there at the bottom. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Read that. Kurt Busick has enough <laughs> award plaques to tile his bathroom and enough damn since statuettes to play chess <laughs> on the result. <laughs> He writes in theory for Marvel, DC, Wildstorm, Dark Horse, and more. In fact, he should be doing <laughs> pain work right now. Think right. of the children, won't you? The children. The children. <laughs> I love that. that that's Kirkman. Yeah. So he, you know, he's again just totally encapsulates encapsulates uh, Busick and gives him the ultimate compliment. And he's like, he shouldn't be even doing this right now. Like, yeah. go get paid. <laughs> yeah. No, that was pretty fun. Yeah, maybe one day I'll read the rest of the forward and find other nuggets, but uh, it's too many words. Too many words. So yeah. this does a uh, page one here, guys. We're uh, with Corey Walker Arts, spectacular. Look at that line on the fist. Look at the dark outline on the fist. You don't mm-hmm. see that thick, a heavy black line a lot in comics. So that that was also a little sort of new element at the time. That's not done. There's often very a very thin or almost no outline in comics if you really pay attention and look at it, and that thick is almost a line for animation that that's like a, a sort of animated trait 
to have that dark and deep of a heavy line, an outline, and that fist coming at us at 100 miles an hour, yet in, in, in total clear, clearly drawn, is a flash forward, right? We, we're like, what? Who's the, aren't we going to get an origin? Wait, here's Invincible in the in the suit, uh, got a dude, and he's flying Taurus towards us. And if you were to, um, to if, would you agree or disagree that Mark Grayson is kind of Peter Parker, but dumber? <laughs> I wouldn't say dumber, other than the fact that I feel I feel like his people, as society has progressed, people he's he's in comparison he's to his contemporaries in two thousand three. Let's put it that way, versus a what we perceive of a teenager in the 1960s. So you can call it dumber. I just think he's <laughs> a little bit more modern. You think he's more modern? I, in this, the way he's portrayed, honestly, he's just kind of a doofus teenager. He's just kind of a dude, kind of a bro dude, kind of like a, you know, he's not an A student in school here, no. Mark Grayson. He's just, uh, he just gets, he's just a regular guy, which uh, Stanley tried to do with Peter Parker. He just tried to make a regular everyman's guy, except for Peter Parker was like this genius in the lab. Yeah. He's not that Mark Grayson's not that he's and he's kind of a he, he kind of has some one liners, a little quick witted, um, but he's a dude. He's just a guy. Yeah. And, he's a, and but here he is a flash forward. He's uh, he's like, you know, you really ruined my afternoon as he's carrying this guy off with like a huge bomb strapped to his chest and like 13 seconds left. Right. Well, and, the, and the art on this and the perspective is great. I yes. mean, they, they he does a great job of that. Yes, and in the simplicity of the first few panels, it's like mm-hmm. barely any background. Invincible holding a bad guy, and this flash forward is obviously, you know, Mark's uh, capable. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing a year. One. I mean, we're, we are seeing year one, but it, this feels already like with this little flash forward, he's been invincible for a while already. Yeah, it feels that way, and that's what makes it a little bit confusing because you don't quite know it's a flash forward, but yeah, you can kind of guess. He's out in the middle of nowhere. He throws this guy with the bomb in an area that's not populated. He's kind of been doing it, right? Because as we will see much later, he makes a lot of mistakes and fumbles through some stuff. And it's like, oh, well, okay, here he sort of knows what he's doing. And you're like, okay. And it's established quickly uh, due to this explosion that he's uh, fairly invincible, as far as we know. (laughs) Impenetrable. (laughs) Versus an ironic name. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And do you love that really this is a... His outfit, which clearly we see here, is the image logo. It's it's talk about just I mean, everyone it's been known for so long. His suit is the image logo. You look at the dot with the yellow and the line. Did you know that? You knew that, right? Yeah, I knew that. Okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I mean what does that say? Kirkman was playing to the image. Right. And now he's president of image, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could say he was believed, you know, really believed the about the company and wanted to show his support of that or he really wanted to suck up to him and and make sure his book got published yeah or a little yeah. of both yeah a little bit right. both the one's fine yep and uh so i it, i remember that being shocking when i first saw that i was like is this is he like mr image like what is well, I, I was i was taken aback a little at the time and the climate image at the time was not what it is today and it was not what it was when it started yeah. Where Image, when it started, obviously, was the big guys, Todd McFarlane, you know, Jim Lee, all of them. This was at a lull when Image yeah. was not hitting it. I mean, I think the only thing they really had that was kind of still staple was Savage Dragon. Mm-hmm. And I've known very few people that read Savage Dragon. So this 
it almost feels like Kurtzman was trying to make the mascot. He was trying to make their Spider-Man. You know, he came in at Batman. a perfect time, right? He came in at a perfect yeah. time when the company was struggling within finding its footing, finding its yeah. brand, finding what it represented. And he was like, I think I got it, you know? Well, and the industry was changing at that point where it was going more creator driven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people would say indie and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it was, it was going creator driven. It's really the direction things have gone into. Yeah. So no, I, I think it was right place, right time. And he had a good sense of what he should be doing. Yep. Well, then here it is on the sort of next page. It's uh, four months ago. So he's been invincible for four months. And uh, here's his mom. Here's the Aunt May of the series, uh, his mother. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, she's knocking on the door when he's in the bathroom with a magazine. And yeah, I'm sure she's thinking he's reading a comic and everything's fine. <laughs> his teenage is son's that, in a magazine. Is that a, a magazine. Walking Dead comic? Uh, no, it's Science Dog, who, oh, okay. uh, who Kirkman did a Science Dog spinoff series as well. It's like this Cocker Spaniel that's a anthropomorphic uh, scientist. It, it was it was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, he's uh, Mark Grayson's dropping a deuce. Yep. And mom's banging on the door. Like, yeah. why would a mom do that to a teenage son? She can hear the magazine pages turning. Uh, well, run to and, the hills. <laughs> and I get why doing this. Uh, but on the other side, it's like. For me, I don't need that in my comics. <laughs> you know, just it's like, okay, I get it. Everyday life, but I don't need him to be that real. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was kind of a funny gag. Yeah. It's just, you know, showing a mom that uh, is being a mom. Yeah. And doing her thing. And he's, he's a, uh, I like the sort of what they're establishing here. It's, it's a regular day at home. It's, it's mom with uh, getting breakfast ready for her son as she's going off to school. It's relatable. They're seeing on the news. Uh, that looks like their their dad fighting some giant dragon monster. You know his Mark's dad. Well, I don't. So, do you you don't know it's his dad yet? No, there's the cape. You see, kind of. Oh, no, no. I sure. mean, he. I guess in the dialogue, he's asking right there about his dad. Where's yeah, yeah, yeah. Omni Man, Mark Grayson's uh, dad. And uh, we we quickly sort of wonder. I'm wondering because we already had the flash forward. I'm like, does he have his powers? This obviously is four months ago. What's what's sort of happening here? He got ready rather fast as he's reading his uh, science dog comic on the toilet. We just and, had to pull uh, his pants up and get downstairs. I mean. <laughs> so we quickly established that, no, he doesn't have his powers. So it's four months before he uh, he had his powers. And we meet his, uh, his friend, uh, William. One thing that was interesting, uh, a, a comparison to the animated series, which I'm sure you haven't watched. Um, they did sort of, sort of change some of the race of characters mm-hmm. as to their, their color, their background, etc., uh, diversifying it a bit in the cartoon. Well, is it Mark part Asian? Isn't his mom? Well, you uh, know, it was loosely um, done that way, but punctuated in the animated series. But this okay. sort of, it sort of is he? he kind of has some traits of yes, being Asian. And as time goes along, they, they sort of clarify that more. And he definitely from the beginning to the very end, it looks like an Asian guy in the animated series, even voice acted by an Asian person. So mm-hmm. They went all in with that. But in an interview with Kirkman, he talked about how they did want to update it. He said, you know, 2003, this comic is just a, is a bunch of white people all running around. There really wasn't any diversity in there. So the animated series added a little bit and changed the characters. And I think that this character, William here, who he meets, um, is very clearly um, gay in the, and the homosexual in the, in the animated series. But I'm not sure he is here. He's just kind of a, a nice, sensitive fellow sort of thing. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't get that sense, but you don't actually interact with him much. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it did, it wasn't like a plot point that it even stuck out to me in the, in the series. Okay. It's just one of those little comparatives yeah. where I went, Oh yeah, that's in the animated series, this, and that may happen to my brain as we go along here. Um, but I like quickly that uh, he's uh, got some uh, burger flipping joint job and he quickly realizes as he throws trash, <laughs> attempts to throw trash into a trash can, it goes uh, deep into the sky. <laughs> I hate to be the guy on the other end where that trash comes down. Yeah. At 100 miles an hour, at you know, 10 miles away. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's like, going to ruin that person's day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he does. He's just excited because it's like all of a sudden it's like he's got powers. Yeah, and it's about time as you drop to the end of that page with a, just a look of glee yeah. on his face, like we all would be. And like, yes, I have the power. And he holds up a sword, and, and there's a skull. <laughs> no, no, castle no, behind no. him, right? No, no, no. You're getting that mixed up with the good stuff. Oh, 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 the good stuff. You mean? Yeah, the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right over there. Got it. Right over there. Great skull behind him for you, audio only listeners. But uh, so then he's uh, next page is uh, hanging out with mom. I'm sure he's having a hard time keeping it all in. He had a pretty interesting day. And then whoosh, Omni-Man slash dad shows up with that mustache. Yeah, that, that you know, what's funny is that the Peter Parker comparisons, obviously, Mark, to me, feels very much like Peter. His dad feels like Jake Jonah Jameson to me. The mustache completely. Yeah. Almost you can. And. And what's, uh, of course, in the animated series, Omni-Man is played by J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Did you know that? Okay. No. Uh, who is that actor that I uh, already forgot his J.K. name? J.K. Simmons. Yes. Very ripped J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Old guy yeah. ripped. Voice of Omni-Man in the animated series. So yeah, uh, you nailed it without even knowing because you didn't watch the animated series. No, look at, look that's at you. Funny. Well, and it's funny because obviously there's parallels between Superman and Lois Lane here. Mm-hmm. And that's the vibe I get off the mom. I didn't get an Aunt May vibe. I got a Lois Lane vibe. Nice. You know, that she's very much capable. She can handle this. She's not some frail thing that's going to break and have a heart attack every time Peter forgets to pay the rent, you know? Yeah. So I like the sense of family that they have. It's like, this is a normal, strong family, even though they have this extraordinary circumstance. Yes. Because as a, as, as the series goes along, you, I found myself quite often longing for the moments where him and his dad and his mom were together. I, I did that sometimes reading Spider-Man back in the day, but it's just that it's that, you know, it's that scrambled eggs in the morning. It's the, those moments uh, he captures really well going forward. Again, I'm trying to sell you on continually reading this because I think I know where you're going. Don't you <laughs> shake your head? <laughs> well, and I will tell you, you know, what's nice about this. Um, I don't know if you remember in the, Early 90s, there was MTV did uh, Eon Flux. Oh, yeah. And then that very similar style came out to, um, they did, there was a Men in Black cartoon that oh, came yeah. out around that time too. Mm-hmm. This artist's style reminds me a lot of that. And it was nice. it was a nice little, everything's a little longer, a little angular, couple lines and stuff here that's not like a typical like cross hatching or things. And so it it's clean and it really kind of ties it all back and it, and when we get over to a couple of pages down, there are some men in black looking characters and it just pops in my head that, oh, hey, it's almost like it's in that same world. Nice. 
Oh, maybe Corey Walker was uh, influenced by that, or who knows? Wouldn't it be funny to find out that Corey Walker was like the storyboardist on the uh, Men in Black cartoon? That is just It'd an influence there. Yeah, that'd be yeah. crazy. I'm going to have to look into it after. But it's it's a warm family moment we're experiencing here. It's, you know, it's just past the potatoes. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just, uh, it's you know, it's, it's what we all uh, look back upon. It's a nostalgic family moment. And then uh, nighttime hits, and he's like, I'm going to try to uh you know leap tall buildings right a single bound <laughs> it part of me wanted him to fall straight on his face because mm-hmm. i always find that funny but it's so cliched too and so yeah. it's just kind of like okay well i'm glad it didn't happen but the other side is i guess flying if you can fly it's got to be just like walking yeah you don't really have to it's in there mm-hmm. but if you think about it, you had to learn how to walk yeah so there should be, I mean, I would at least see them, you know, kind of lose some altitude, like a, like the old biplanes that you would see in movies where they're running out of fuel and they're kind of going oh, yeah. down. Just or the Fleischer, the Fleischer Superman cartoons where he was just more jumping from yeah. spot to spot, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. But you know what? Uh, uh, again, spoiler for a little bit more ahead. There's, there'll be, his dad will be teaching him stuff later. And there's some of that that happens. And sort of how Kirkman approaches, like you said, how flying's like walking. They actually address that a little bit and like oh, how do you okay. teach someone to fly when they have this ability so they they actually get into that a little so you've tapped into something again hoping you read forward from this point i'm trying to <laughs> just tickle you with a feather <laughs> but uh he does fly i love the blue in this scene it just goes all very blue white tone mm-hmm. giving the nighttime effect and he takes off i like the pacing we're already i don't know page six or seven we've already established so much right yeah um how his powers happen boom like when it happened dad's omni-man we don't know where his dad's from we don't know you know why you're right superman and lois sort of a thing happening but uh and then we get uh, a new character involved so we're like okay this quickly establishes the world we got this like cement guy um running around which i've already forgot his name but cement head cement head was that his name <laughs> yeah. no we'll go with that <laughs> sidewalk in, in our guy. great our great naming culture here you know just uh <laughs> whatever we randomly want to call him right yeah i like that but uh he's having some dealings uh with a guy which looks like a little bit of that underbelly maybe of the uh of an organized crime organization sort of thing and then uh we could see sort of invincible costume one where he he goes with that a very kind of uh, image-esque looking what was the dude um in wildstorm with the red sort of handkerchief over his face grifter grifter doesn't that give you a little bit of that at the time? He's got the you know circular what? glasses. It gives me more of like a 50s uh, superhero vibe. Yeah. A little swashbuckler kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, Lone like Ranger, a, like a, Lone Ranger like early uh, JSA member or something. That's definitely Watchmen mm-hmm. even looking. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that sort of golden age. Yeah. That's how a teenager came up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. But we get a testament of his powers here quickly as he. The thing, this this thing, cement guy, <laughs> gets uh, his most of his uh, outer skin layer kind of peeled right off in this massive punch from Mark. Do we? How do we know he's just not like was taking like a mud bath and that's just what's dried on? So he just hits him and it. Oh, I mean, you bet. I mean, imagine superheroes at first having just a horrible time identifying what's happening here and punching people and and accidentally murdering people, right? And just going to court like. Yeah, I was just crossing the street after a mud bath, and here you go. Some dude with a handkerchief on his face and goggles. Exactly. He's wearing his mom's (laughs) rubber gloves. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, just how, that's a great little point there, right? But uh, we see the extent of his powers, and then we see quickly that Omni Man's like standing there watching him, like, "Hey, son, how's this? How's this whole thing going?" <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'd kind of be like, "Couldn't help," a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he would have. I think he was just, you know, making sure he was okay, and and uh, he'd kind of giving some tips, like, "Sounds like the police are here to pick." So, uh, you know, come on, let's go, Splitsville. Let's yeah. Yep. And a uh, great little silhouette of a father and son flying off in the gray mm-hmm. and then guy lying on the ground with the stars around his face and uh, how he's going to introduce him to a guy that can help him out with the whole costume thing. He's got a guy. He's got a guy. This is uh, what's in uh, Batman. The, uh, the guy that makes the, uh, that makes everything. What's his name? Well, uh, oh, not oh, Alfred, the, but the guy no, that the, makes the bat. You know everything the bat copters, the bat shark repellent. Well, bat. I mean, it depends. Are you talking about Lucius Fox? Thank you. Yes, Lucius okay. Fox, because he had a, a a hunchback that lived in the cave for a while. Harold, that uh, did oh that no, too. not him. I always consider it, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman. See, I always think when I <laughs> when I see a character like this in uh, the Flash's world, the rogues have a tailor they always go to. Oh, and he's the one that makes all their costumes and stuff, which is odd but something that's left over from the silver age there you go that's kind of like this then it's perfect mm-hmm. you know they're best buddies this suit maker guy he's uh, he's like he's edna in the mm-hmm. invincibles right you know basically mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know they're going over his suit and even for my own comic zombie destroyers i admittedly kind of stole a little piece from this where one of the characters in my comic actually is like a he's this amazing tailoring ability and so i just love the sort of trying to find the right suit for and i I have that sequence in my own comic and so i dug this a lot to even where i emulated well i and i like i actually like this design other than the bug eye glasses they're wearing (laughs) the mate the neo sort of glasses it's a it's a mix mash between um neo and morpheus where there's no side things it just sort of clips onto the frame of his nose yep i think a domino mask would have been better or even like that cowl mask thing he wears with the the hair hanging yeah, out that would be better but punky thing yeah you know i think the color scheme's cool on it with the orange and the yellows the the discs are kind of weird but they're also kind of a cool feature yeah i, I don't know I, I think it was actually a pretty decent design and i know he doesn't go with it but it'd be nice if somebody else used it yeah and spoiler alert we may see things in the future there are definitely okay. costume uh, changes that we see in color colorization that changes and so, uh, yeah, he kind of goes with this suit and, uh, and you know, the, the, this Omni-Man and this, and the tailor are friends. They, they've established some history in some of this dialogue that they've known each other for a while, etc. So, uh, it seems like that's a foreshadowing, you know, there's a, just a little bit of that here and, uh, he's back in school. That'd be so, such a bummer. <laughs> got these powers you can fly and then you got to sit in a desk and, yeah. and do homework. Yeah. But he's not the best student. He quickly kind of established that. He's just sort of a dude hanging out there and wants to get it done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just get through high school. Getting through high school. And then you got that uh, Flash Thompson sort of moment here. Peter Parker, Flash Thompson thing that's about to happen. Bully getting picked on. Mark's going to step in, right? Yep. And he does. It's very reminiscent of Tobey Maguire in the Flash Thompson scene here where he puts his elbow into him into the locker. Well, and you know they're thinking about that because that came out in 2001. 
This yep. came out in 2003. So, mm-hmm. you know, they thought that whole scene was something they wanted to establish themselves. It's anger. Like the angle of it is the same even, yeah. right? If you, I bet you if you froze, uh, pause the DVD of Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire, it's like framed the same way. Well, even that that bottom panel, it looks like he's about to do the flip over him as he runs towards the locker. Yeah, yeah. So definitely an homage. See, we all are, uh, everyone homages. Mm-hmm. And they definitely did some Toby, Toby maging here, we'll call it. <laughs> and then there's a little, little bit of an Easter egg here as to what the, 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 uh, he, Kirkman does sprinkle in some Easter eggs, but the name of the school. And, uh, is it this principal, his name as well is the, uh, is the name is, is, is he the Reginald guy or is it the name of the school? Anyway, the name of the school is the, uh, the cop on Die Hard. Which is the cop from Family Matters. Yes. What's the name of the, f- the guy? In, what's his name in Family Matters? Reg, well, it, yeah, Reginald Wilson. Reginald Wilson. Oh, okay. oh, so it's the Family Matters. That's his name from that. Winslow. It's, Winslow. It's Winslow. Sorry. Yeah. So is that his name on the desk here? Was that, or is yeah, it the it name of the Winslow. school? No, it says, it says, uh, what is that? B.H. Winslow. Is that him on Family Matters? I never watched that B-N. show. B.N. B.N. Winslow. Yep. I don't know what, I don't remember what his first name was. Oh, okay. Maybe it's the name of the school. Anyway, isn't it like the Reginald Day something is the name of the school? Anyway, well, I think we'll see the name of the school later, but a couple of little sp- sprinkling of Easter eggs. I guess Kirkman was a Family Matters fan or the uh, the character that was the well, cop in Die Hard. I mean, it's obvious because when you get to the end of these four issues, Urkel is the villain. I mean, <laughs> who would have thought he'd make Urkel the villain? So it's, it makes sense. You're right. And then he says, did I do that? Right. Did I do Did that? I do that? <laughs> well, I mean, Unk. in spoilers, you know, Invincible, Mark gets uh, his costume. He just pulls those pants up really high. And that's how he gets the superpowers. It's a self-wedgie. And then mm-hmm. that's how superpowers happen. So uh, from school, we go. Uh, oh, and he gets his name here. The birth of his name. When the principal mm-hmm. says, you're not invincible, you know, and his eyes are like, bing. That is my name. Henceforth, I will be invincible. He doesn't say any of that, but the eyes, <laughs> the, the eyes say it all, right? It, you know, it's a good thing he wasn't like, you know, you're not that slick. Ooh. <laughs> slick. That's me. I am slick. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Just think any other thing he said. Oh, you think you're like, smooth? Ooh. Ooh. Smooth. He's like, don't be a D-bag. Just think. And he's like, D-bag. I like it. Because <laughs> he's kind of a dude. He's, you know, Mark's just a fella. Thankfully, he said invincible in that hit. He could have said a number of things, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel like getting Taco Bell today. Ooh, Taco Ooh, Bell. Taco Bell. Look, man, don't be a jerkus perkus. Ooh, jerkus perkus. These are all great names. I'm a teenager. I can't think <laughs> of other stuff. <laughs> Thankfully, Kirkman was like, yeah, invincible sounds cool. We'll go with that. Starts with an I, image logo, branding all together. Yeah. It's got to coordinate. Yep. All right. So here we go. Um, huge bank robbery happening. Pregnant lady on the ground. You're like, oh, man, this is it got a little serious right, right here. Why didn't Kurtman just shoot her? Because that's what he does. <laughs> Not just that quickly cold blooded. <laughs> pull her away. Zombies coming at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. The world's colliding. That's something that just never happened that I wish did was a crossover. It just didn't. I'll spoil you now uh, with Walking Dead and Invincible or just something or there are some sort of zombie aliens that come sort of way down the road, but I would have liked to see an actual crossover with the two, but never happened. Um, anyway, so bank robbery happening. 
and then Invincible with a different suit that well, he just kind of didn't go with that cool orange one in the discs you liked. He showed up in the uh, in the flash forward with the what you know the the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes. No explanation. He just this just ends this chapter just with a new. Hey, I'm invincible and I got a different costume. Yep. And uh, I was surprised there. I was like, uh, he the guy um, Edna Mode guy was went with the orange and the disc, and he was like, nah, and just showed up in the in the in the signature suit. So. It was fine. What did you? All right. So um, I enjoyed it uh, again. I passed the first week. So I read it like week two or so. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's something here. I, I'm, I'm liking this. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. You're not as big a Spider-Man fan. You're more of a Flash guy. So I felt the, that it, it tinged me. Spider-Sense tingling uh, with the family stuff. I, I just thought this was a well-paced, a good first issue. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was decent. Um, I can tell you I would not have stuck with it if I had bought it mm. because I'm as I've gotten older, I, I have a harder time relating to the the teenager. Uh-oh, get off my lawn. I know, right? I, oh, I love that. <laughs> what are you kids doing out here? Get out of here. You're going to be that guy in a rocking chair in your front oh, yard with a, with a shotgun filled with salt oh. pellets. Oh, can't wait. I'm going to put a, I'm setting up a motion sprinkler. So when anybody cuts across my lawn, they just get sprayed. <laughs> yeah. Don't care who it is, but no, <laughs> no. And so I have a hard time relating to that aspect. And I find that with a lot of comics, you know, some of my favorite comics have a parallel to kind of where I'm at in life at that stage. Mm. And so it's really hard for me to relate because, you know, I'm not a teenager anymore. Right. So that's just a, a piece I don't have to deal with. Right. Um, so I can understand that. I liked it. I mean, as far as reading it to finish out these issues, like I said, if I was spending money on it and this was fresh on the shelves, I would have stopped at this point because it's like, okay, it's okay, really? but it's too, too Spider-Man for me. Just kind of a modern Spider-Man. I would go read Spider-Man. But put on your, uh, put on your Mike Norris two thousand three glasses. Remember you were. You were a spry, young, hipper person. Uh, you know, didn't have a lawn at this point. You had no lawn to tell the kids to get off of. No, Try but to it, picture yourself in 2003. What would 2003 Mike say about issue one of Invincible? About the same. Because, it, again, I was past that teenage stage. So where I know where, what I was reading at that time. Actually, I wasn't reading a lot at that time. We all go through that stage. But where I would have been reading was more interested in characters that were kind of evolving and it's funny because i would have been reading nightwing at this time dick Mm. grayson because Mm -hmm. he was growing he was coming to his own i was reading the flash at this time wally west was growing and coming into his own Mm. and these were these were guys that had gone from being kids and teenagers you know in this world to now young adults who whose lives are progressing Mm -hmm. you know and and that's what was really fascinating to me at that time so anything that really dealt with a kid teenager didn't care wow so i i it would like i said it, it's decent i think the artwork's decent but it's not it would not have been enough to hook me wow. at 2003 and even now i just can't relate to a teenager and like i said i see all the parallels of spider-man art's great like i said the even the writing is not overly kirkman so mm-hmm. i'm it doesn't offend me nice <laughs> <laughs> but it's I'll take it as a not, positive, a least offensive Kirkman title at this point yeah. that you've read. <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> and 
Yeah. I mean, it's, I was glad to read it in one chunk because if I, if you said, Hey, we're going to read issue one, I would read it and say, okay, just what I've said now and go great. Now open it back up. Mm. That doesn't mean my opinion hasn't changed as I read the next couple issues, but as far as where this one, the snapshot is at this one, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, thank you for your honesty. That's what I want. I definitely, uh, we have a you know an opposing viewpoint ish at this point. I, I can't wait to see where uh, the next uh, chapter brings us and what you think of sort of issue number two of the first volume of Invincible. Um, so uh, man, I, I think uh, for you, uh, considering your uh, your history with Kirkman, I would think this is uh, <laughs> like you know, I have you, beef with him or it's something. somewhat complimentary for uh, for the things that you've said to me um, off uh, off mic about you, you Mr. Know, Kirkman's work. So you know, I'll tell you with Kirkman, I've read quite a few of his issue once, you know, this is the first time I read invincible one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he did astonishing Wolfman. I read that one issue one mm-hmm. and I liked it. I liked it enough. Um, what was it? The, the dinosaur one he did. Yeah. I read that one. That, I thought that one was okay. More for um, kids. Definitely. Even going younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot mm-hmm. with dinosaur junior. I forgot the name of it already. Something like but that. Yeah. yeah. It's a kid and, and his then, dinosaur. You know, like I said, the Marvel team up, I read those and I, I got about six issues into that before I just bounced out of it. Um, and then I've read The Walking Dead, I think like the first eight volumes or something. Eight volumes? Just, yeah. That, you went that far into The I Walking Dead? went that Dead? far, yeah. Holy man, I thought you maybe read like at most eight issues. No, I know I got, I got past the prison. Okay, I'm impressed. Yeah, like I got past the prison, impressed. but I was. I, I think then there's. I was done. I think there's a very big chance you'll go further with Invincible because I've uh, I've thought of this long and hard. Um, if I had to pick one or the other, Invincible is, uh, a, in my opinion, a far more superior comic, far more enjoyable comic than Walking Dead. And I read all of the Walking Dead, um, every issue. Well, and, and so I did my what, wife. In the Walking Dead, I it was during the time when the show, and I didn't watch the show. Because it doesn't really appeal to me too much, mm-hmm. but it was during that zombie hype, and I wanted to understand what it was like, and I bought the 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 issues, wow. the, the volumes, Surprise. and I read them because they're fairly quick to read. Mm-hmm. Some like, are, and some aren't. He goes real heavy into some dialogue. Yeah, I like probably that. skipped that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and like like I said, we'll see. But yeah, I've 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 read at least through where the prison gets attacked. Wow. I'm and, sur- color me surprised. And I think yeah. then that I do see some potential with you going further with invincible than I do at, at walking dead. And you know what else I have to mention too, is that uh, there were tons of spinoffs for invincible that didn't work. Didn't go anywhere. There was an Adam Eve spinoff. There was a sort of Avengers, the guardians of the globe spinoff. There was mm-hmm. tech jacket. There were a bunch of um, invincible spinoffs that mm. uh, went nowhere. He just didn't have the art team. Honestly, it was really about the art. He did sort of co-write them too, but the uh, the spinoffs for Invincible didn't didn't work and didn't well, didn't go anywhere. And I'll tell you this with Invincible, um, I don't know how much I'll be honest, just how much interest I have reading, say issue five on, but I I would be interested in looking at another volume of it when the status quo kind of changed because I know what happens. I mean, I think we all know what happens in this, you know, the, the, you already know, and you didn't watch the invincible animated series and you didn't read the comics, but you, so just from the news, you've heard what happens coming up very soon. Exactly. 
So I'd, I'd be interested in seeing, you know, because I know this book a couple of times changes the status quo. Kind yes. of up. I'd, okay. I'd be interested in seeing something further down the line. Good. Well, say, then oh, we did that. Don't, don't uh, prejudge and say you don't see yourself going past volume one, because some of the things you're talking about are like in volume three. Yeah. And I, I could see skipping two because it's like, I only, I don't need so much groundwork late, <laughs> <laughs> but even Man. going to like volume five or six or something like when his status quo completely changes again, uh-huh. you know, I could see even jumping up to one of those to see if that hooked me a little bit more. Nice. I'm going to try to make you stay grounded and read it in a linear fashion. We'll see. We'll see if by strength alone, I don't really have to do that. If by the end of volume one, I can't wait to see where you are. And if that perspective has changed, but keep an open mind. Okay. Oh, keep, absolutely. And don't shoot me with the salt pellets. Um, when I step on your lawn, just, uh, Hey, I I'm keeping an open mind cause you haven't seen my picks yet. And I, I got to apologize ahead of time. No, no. Well, Hey, I'll, I'll even mention it, but we're leaping ahead, but, uh, your transformer, I won't say which one that you kind of recommended for us to go over. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited, but anyway, we won't go yeah. deep into that, but um, chapter one, so far, so good. Uh, you did compliment it in your own way due to your past history with Kirkman. I'm going to take some of that as positives. I enjoyed it. I was locked. I was hooked. I passed it first, passed on first issue. I did. I was like, nah, not for me. Uh, Cause I'm a Spider-Man purist. And I heard some things like that. Like it's, yeah, he's like, I was like, no, I don't want to make a Spider-Man wannabe. I don't want it, but I read it and I was like, okay. And anyway, um, so yeah, uh, to be continued at this point. Yeah. Sounds good. one more testicle so you know i wanted to tell you this you know what is better about the comiXology uh app now one thing is better and you probably don't read comics this way less star wars it's not star (laughs) (laughs) is uh when you read comics i'm imagining you read in guided view Uh, yes i love guided view i'm spoiled yes and I read with um, a lot of times with my iPad, I read in correct comic uh, viewing, um, you know, in the standard. Cause my, do you, my, do you have an iPad pro? <laughs> Cause I mean, this thing is uh, too small. Right. But it almost actually, when it formats, it, it fits a single page on to your iPad. It will format it that way. So check it out. What it never had before was just scrolling, singular page scrolling. Okay. That's how I read. Like an old person. <laughs> well, I don't read like this. You know, the old people, I, I saw my dad reading his Kindle. He reads like this and swipes the page. Yeah. And you Versus, have to do that every single time, right? Yeah. I, I, do. I just know I tap a corner. I don't have to do any. I barely have to move. I, it's like. True. But you tap more because it, if I, what I do is I just if go I had up. that bird that drink water, it would just do it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It didn't have that before. So now yeah. I have my iPad horizontal. Okay. I have okay. it horizontal and I scroll upwards like this. Yeah. That's what mine looks like horizontal. And scroll up. But it's huge. Yeah. Just scroll up. It's like an old. <sighs> <laughs> That's the way I read it. 
and it just scrolls one singular page. Well, the nice part about that is when I read at night, if it goes to fall on my face, it's not going to hit my face. It's only going to hit my chin. Because <laughs> so many times. I don't I even sleep. do it with the iPad. It's so it. dangerous. It, I've, dropped my... My phone. <laughs> I've dropped my phone on my face, so I don't do the iPad. Those things are like five times away to your phone. That's my wake up. That's my going, oh, oh man, I feel it slipping. <laughs> Got to go to bed. <laughs> we need I, a I giant know. claw to hold our iPads over, you know. I have, a, I have one of those tiny claws for my phone. We yeah. need the giant claw for the iPad to hold it over our heads. Well, I, I don't know about this this thing like this, man. Let's see. You don't like it that way? Because know. guided view is screwy. Sometimes there'll be this slit of information in guided view and in this giant black bordering. Guided it view does. doesn't work every time. Yeah, I know. It gets a little weird, but this, you can't but if you see do, the whole thing. If you do that way, you slide and you see the whole comic the whole time. There's no weird slits that happen with guided view. You just no, but you can't see the whole picture together. See, the guided view will at least give you like well, you can see it together in how we look at actual comics. Look, so I get like this. Yes, right. Yes, splash pages get screwy. Yes, you're right. So versus that, even that can scroll up. No, won't. It won't. Mm -mm. I bet you. Then it's only on horizontal view. See, but that's it. That's guided view. Look, look how much I move. Yeah, you see, look how my full again, it's all how my full. That's it. How can I see your page, but you can't see mine? Mine's just like a white blurb. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's that's one full page, right? Yeah. See, I I read more like this. Oh, I don't. I read like this. And then now that I saw that it does this. You know, I read like this. It just scrolls one continual singular. No, nope. but the splash pages do get screwy. But guided view quite often has this tiny slit. Even worse than that, guided view will go like a half inch sometimes, depending on the art that's on a page. So yes, it's it's still not right. And then guided view zooms in on splash pages. So you, it's it's all screwy. There's really no winning. It's all depending no. on how you like. There's it. no winning. And honestly, with these iPads, it's even smaller than if it was print. Yeah, and that's is. why it's weird too. So my weird. next iPad is is one of those large iPad Pros. I'm gonna hold my iMac from now on. I'm just gonna hold it in my and cradle in my iMac in my arms. Yep, <laughs> and have my mouse over here as I cradle my iMac and scroll. I, I'm gonna buy a thousand dollar Apple product just so I can read comic books on it. I know, and that and that's what a big waste of money when no, that's really I, all we want it for. But I actually I'm gonna be able to use mine for work. Because what I want to be able to do is I have a remote app that I can remote in from the iPad into my computer, and then I can do it that way. That's why I'm going to do it. I was even thinking of a Surface Pro. I don't know if it's called Pro, but the the upgraded yeah. Surface, which is still like $1,000 less than the, the iPad Pro. Yep. And doing that, because the Surface seems to have this, the same functionalities and ability, although it's got Windows 98 on it. So that'll be weird. I bet it's Windows 11 at this point. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. Okay.